Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome into the War Chant Wrap. This is Irish Showfell along with Corey Clark from WarChant.com. Shout out to all the non-FSU fans. We're going to be watching this just for fun, uh, just for funsies yep. on an uh, late. Hey, congrats on however your team did today. I'm sure it was better. Uh, Florida State falls 20 to 17 to Jacksonville State, an FCS opponent that got shut out one week ago by UAB. Tough UAB team, though. You saw yeah. what they did to Georgia. But Jacksonville State did get a full week off, though. They played on Saturday. Good so, point. Good point. Um, but yeah, the last week I think they did about 150 yards of offense. Tonight they had about 350. And they go down the field and score uh, two straight drives to win the game. Florida State was up by ten points midway through the second or through the fourth quarter. Had yeah. a chance to actually had the ball to, third and goal to two. Had a chance to go up by at least thirteen points or maybe seventeen points. They went for it, got stuffed. They let Jacksonville State go ninety-seven yards on eleven plays to mm-hmm. cut it within three, and then hit a. Not, I don't even want to call it a hail mary. It wasn't a hail Florida mary. Florida State man. wasn't playing was, a no, hail mary. No, defense. the hail mary about it. It was just. The, you're you're in a dumb defense. We're gonna throw it. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. So uh, because we we definitely need to talk about that play yes. because it was an all time uh, display of buffoonery. I, I don't know how else to say it. But before we get to that, I think a lot of Florida State. No, nah, probably not a lot. But some Florida State fans might think, okay, well, what if Deloach doesn't get the uh, targeting on the interception, or what if this happened? All these penalties. Well, Jacksonville State had as many penalties for as many yards. Jacksonville State had, had a, two more penalties. They had a touchdown taken away on a, a crossing route over the middle of the field because of an eligible man downfield. You know what they did? They scored two plays later. They still scored. That's what they did. If Florida State got a penalty, that was a wrap for the drive. When Jacksonville State got a penalty, it didn't seem to matter. And Florida State's drive down to the two yard line, lest we forget, they were had, they had a third and twenty through an incomplete pass. Milton was hit. Uh, in the, was targeted, and there was pass interference. They got 30 yards on an incomplete pass. That's how they got even down in scoring position to right. not score. Um, so it's not like Jacksonville State played a clean game. It, they played a great game, and they both had a 13 or 14 penalties each. Um, it's just one team made plays at the end of the game. Their coaches put them in a position to succeed, and the others didn't. And I think that's the – if there's an overriding theme to this game – as a coaching staff, the one thing you don't ever want to have happen is you make decisions that cost your team in key moments, and that kind of happened repeatedly in this game. Uh, you talked about the offense, and, and I think most people right now are mad about the defense giving up that play, and they're mad at Adam Fuller and the last two mm, drives and yeah. all that. You're, you're more you're more mad about the offense, well, I think. Well, well, no, no, that's not true. I could never be madder than I am about that last play, but, <laughs> but the offense is the reason it was even a problem. And, and the point I want to make about coaching staff is – you know, back in 2011, I, I was pretty vocal. I think a lot of us were. I certainly was criticizing Jimbo Fisher for some of the decisions during that three-game losing streak and what what 
Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham to tonight with the two quarterbacks playing so much and that's early in the game when it was 0-0, felt a lot like not starting E.J. Manuel at Wake Forest, where I just felt like it sent a message to the yeah. team that you maybe weren't taking the opponent as seriously as you needed to yeah, be. Yeah, maybe like your punter punting left-footed. Just hey, let's throw this out, see how it works to get them to plan for. It's those things, though, right? It's the it's. I mean, they ran a play where Jordan Travis faked a handoff to Mackenzie Milton in the backfield. Maybe do that in the third quarter if you're up by 31 points, man. It's zero zero, and I do think that just that 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 can affect or permeate a team. Like, okay, we're trying this weird stuff for Wake Forest. Make them prepare for this. Well, what about the actual opponent on the field? Because they didn't have a problem with it. Now, the one thing I would say with that is. You know, Jimbo Fisher was a young head coach in 2011. He Maybe he learned from it and grew from it. So maybe these guys can grow from it. But, man, it's a brutal, brutal loss. And then on top of that, you know, we'll go back to the play, uh, the fourth down play at the end where it's six seconds left. They basically played a, a regular defense. I think, like you said, it was like it was a third and eight in the middle of a, the second quarter. Instead of fourth and ten with six seconds left from your own 41-yard line, Florida State safeties were playing about 12 yards off, maybe 10, 12 yeah. yards off the and line And there were only two of them. And there were only two safeties. Yeah. And then in the post-game press conference, when Mike Norvell was asked about it, I guess he just has to defend his defensive coordinator. But basically he said, you know, we're trying to get a little pressure on the quarterback. Or we, we, were, we didn't want to give up a pass over the middle where they could set up a field goal, which only would have tied the game. Right. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. But, it, but again, that's the challenge right now, I think, is those players are going to be questioning – the positions they were put in. I mean, the players have a lot of blame in this as well. Jarvis Brownlee's allowed to make a tackle on that yes. last play. He's allowed to interfere with them. If you're or worried at all, just tackle them. Then so, they get the ball at, you know, the 46-yard line with no time on the and ball. And there's play – I mean, the penalties you talked about, guys lining up wrong, guys running downfield on pass plays, offensive linemen. There's a lot of blame to go around. But but players can make mistakes. Head coaches and coaching staffs can can't make mistakes. And I think that's the problem from a fan's perspective. And also maybe some of these players' perspective is this coaching staff didn't give them every opportunity to win the game. And here's what bothers me, and we were talking about as we were coming down uh, from the press box, is why am I – I'm not a head coach. I'm not a coach at all. You guys watch me. I don't even know what I'm talking about half the time. These guys, all they do is watch and care and study football. Why am I telling the guy next to me in the press box, one row above the coaches, right, or two row above where the coaches uh, – or maybe the same floor as yeah, the coaches. I'm not sure where they're um, Why am I telling him, hey, why aren't they backing up? Why are they playing? Why are the safeties right there? Why aren't why don't why aren't they in a hail mary defense with four guys standing at the fifteen yard line? What are they doing? Why is Stephen Dix on the field? What are you worried about a draw? Like what 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 could what possible reason would Stephen Dix be roaming around in the middle of the field for on a play like that? And Norvell can say, yeah, we we were worried about because they still had a timeout left. Well, you didn't have a timeout because you burned it trying to get them to jump off sides when you could have just taken the delay. It was a, it's just five yards, you know. You, anyway, that's beside the point. The main point is, it's it's I, I it's undefensible, indefensible. That's the way you yeah. say, it, right? To have a defense like that on that play. And what bothers well, me the most is, it was a really dumb play by Jacksonville State. Like what they didn't even throw a hail mary. They're just like we're throwing four verts, and if he drops the ball or gets tackled, the game is over. But they still they won the game because you had one safety over the top instead of three. And Jarvis Brownlee gets beat somehow. Why is he not playing 25 yards off that guy? It makes no sense. The game, even if they complete a pass in the middle of the field, it would have been a it would have had to be a 25 yard pass in five seconds for them to call timeout and set up a 51 yard field goal. And I no offense to the kid from Jack State. I'm sure, he comes from a great family. 
you're kicking a Jack State. They probably don't make the 51-yard field goal. And even the if they do, you tie and you go to overtime. Yeah, you're still going to overtime. Yeah. So that's uh, that. That was uh, completely disheartening to to see yeah. coaches kind of in the moment. The in-game strategy was so faltering. Yeah, it's crazy to think about where they were, you know, a week ago. I mean, a week ago when they lose to Notre Dame, I think everybody was giving them a lot of credit. We were certainly for the way the kids competed, and I thought like the kids played hard. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't like they took them. Not they didn't take Jacksonville State seriously. They didn't come to play, but they just were not focused. They but had so many it's mistakes. also hard again, though. It goes back to okay, they did they take them seriously when when they have two quarterbacks in the backfield and they run Jordan Travis in for a series, and then run them out. And you know, I asked Norvell like Milton made Milton wasn't terrible. Had the three best throws he made, in my opinion, were dropped. Yeah. You know, George, uh, our Keyshawn man, the tight end, Keyshawn Helton, that's a touchdown. Malik McLean had a ball in that first drive too that he dropped. He dropped another one as well. They're, now they're getting hit. Um, and then our man, the tight end, who I'm blanking on his name, Can't number make. four, uh, Wilson. Jordan Wilson. Jordan Wilson. He drops one that should have been a first down. Um, so yeah. Milton made some throws, but also you see, like I, uh, Jashawn Corbin's not in the game for long stretches. Yeah. Toa Feely, I think, has a chance to be a nice player. I really do. I'm not giving up on him. But he's your third best running back. Mm-hmm. And when the game is on the line and you're trying to salt away a game, you, you're at the you're at the five yard line or the three yard line. You keep giving him the ball when Jashawn Corbin's the guy that gets into the end zone. It, 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 I literally we were wondering if he was hurt because he wasn't in the game at all, and he's your best running back. And Ward's good too. So much so that we asked Jashawn after the game if he was hurt, and he said no. They were just rotating the running backs. And again, I mean, it's just you talk about these decisions, and you alluded to it briefly, and then you kind of went away from it. But I think it's a big decision. When it was fourth and two on their own side of the field around the 40-yard line on Florida State's last drive, Jacksonville State calls timeout. Florida State comes out and tries to draw Jacksonville State off sides. Jacksonville State doesn't jump off sides, so Florida State calls timeout, their last timeout. If they still have that timeout, they could have called timeout before the fourth down play. And, and, and run and, an all-out blitz. At least, at least bring this, the house. Bring eight guys. Maybe go into a free event. Maybe some, there could have been some conversation. But instead they called timeout, which made no sense because – you were punting. Yeah. Mastromano could have punted from his own 35 or 37 just as easy as he did the 40. Yeah, if you're not so. going to go for it there on fourth and one, which you could have, you could also you – know, he goes for it on fourth yeah. down now. You could also say, look, if we can't pick up a yard and a half against the FCS defense, we don't deserve to win the game. And clearly they, they didn't deserve to win the game because they didn't. Um, but, yeah, I, I think moving forward, though, look, it doesn't matter what you all think. It really doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't really – it doesn't matter at all what we think. Where does it go from here? Yeah, like, they felt good about themselves. And I thought Mackenzie Milton was was great after the game in the sense he's like, you know, it was bad for us. We got patted on the back so much after last week, and we lost. We still lost. Like, And he's like, we're 0-2. That's what we are. We're 0-2. We just lost to Jacksonville State. He's We got to own it. Yeah. He's he's stepping up and doing that, but he's just one dude. Jermaine Johnson's just one dude. How about the rest of the guys? Well, and you got to give him credit for saying it last week. He said it when they, when they, won, when they lost yeah. last week. He said he was the first one to say, I don't believe in moral victories. We lost. This stinks. And then sure enough. But you could tell maybe, well, we didn't. We believed in moral victories, clearly. Right. And, the, and I think a lot of the guys on that football, te- football team believed in it. And now, where where is their mindset? Well, like, that, what could they possibly be thinking about themselves right now? Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is I really think at this point, you know, we have to do our job. We'll st- write about the team. The players will, I would assume, we'll still have interviews. <laughs> And players and coaches right. will talk to us, and we'll still continue covering the team. But honestly, there's really nothing to be said right now other than they had – I mean, in terms of winning back the fans, like Mike Norvell had this fan base yeah. in his hand after last week against Notre Dame. 
you can make all the excuses about last season and write off the three and six in 2000 because of the way they played against Notre Dame and the way they were prepared for Notre Dame, even though they gave up a lot of points and yards. But then to have this happen in the fashion it did, really there's nothing he can say to win people back over other than just going out and winning some football games. Right. There's, I mean, there's no way you can win. And I wrote about it in the column that'll be on war chant when this is up is, you know, Willie, he, Mike Norvell said after the press conference, like, we're going to fix it. We'll get this figured out. We're go- All I know is how to work, and we're going to fix this. Buddy, Willie Taggart said the same thing. He said it after Virginia Tech. He said it after Boise State. He said it after Louisiana Monroe. And, hey, they at least won the Louisiana Monroe game. It took a missed extra point, but they won it. Like, none of these fans – I mean, I, he has to say it. I'm not saying don't speak. I'm just saying that it's all falling on deaf ears. Like you said, the only thing he can do is go beat Wake Forest. Go beat Wake Forest. Uh, don't just be competitive. Don't have a nice plan. You have to go start winning games or this fan base. I mean, they've never suffered a loss like this, and they've suffered plenty of losses here in recent (laughs) years. There's never been a loss like that against a team like that. Yeah, under those circumstances. When you're feeling good finally for the first time in three years about the direction of the program. Yeah, and I guess the last thing I would say on that is I still think Mike Norvell could be a good head coach. I still think not? I still think he I still think he I still think he knows what it takes to, to build a program. I I saw yeah. what he did at Memphis. This was a disaster. Everything, whatever he did, thinking of planning this week, I don't know if he felt too good about last week, all the decisions they made going into this game with the quarterbacks and all that stuff. And the reason the quarterback situation is so fertile for criticism is if because you if you really believe Jordan Travis could be a factor in the game that you want to play him when it's zero zero then you could have played him later. Well, because when you get the ball inside the 10-yard line, that, that's yeah. when you need a mobile quarterback. So and that's what I wanted. I meant to bring that up, and I got sidetracked. When you have first and goal at the nine, Jordan, if Jordan Travis is the quarterback, you score a touchdown. And, and if he's a guy that you need in the game in the first quarter, yeah. then surely he should be the guy and, at that point. And so moving forward, you have to figure that out. Like, look, Jordan Travis put up whatever, put up 41 points on that same defense yeah. last year, just running around and doing things. And I'm not saying McKenzie Milton's to blame. Again, he had a bunch of drops. But – when you're not playing Corbin, you you saw in this game, I think, when the passing game isn't really clicking and you're not hitting a lot of big plays in the passing game, you need some guys that make plays in the backfield that can run. And Jordan Travis has that ability that you need. Like, you need maybe a little uh, – you need a quarterback to keep it in. What's crazy is in the series that Jordan Travis had, they did a read play where he, where he didn't pull it. He just gave it. It might have just been a straight handoff and then two passes which is like, that's not Jordan Travis anyway. Like, let Jordan Travis be a little bit more like Jordan Travis. That was loud. That was a loud car. <laughs> that, was, that was loud. Anyway, man, there's plenty more to talk about and write about. Your, your, writing, your column will be up on the website yeah. when people watch this. Uh, so uh, what do you think they do at quarterback? Is it just Milton? The fact that they never went back to Jordan, I think it's Milton. I, yeah. mean, I just think it's Milton. I think they think he gives them the best chance to win. And, and the point you made, he was like 18 of 30 for 133 yards with a bunch of drops. They would have been another hundred yards. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Keyshawn Helton drop was probably sixty yards. Yeah, and you don't know like like what what happens if Kelton makes that catch. Right. But again, you've been asking those questions now for five years. What if this happened and that happened? The whole game's differently. He dropped but, the ball. But yeah, he I dropped think, the ball. If McKenzie comes out of this healthy, I mean, he got hit a little bit. He ran around a lot. If he's healthy, if he can practice all week, then I think he's the guy. But then that creates issues with Jordan and what his mental state is at this point because. Um, you know, it seemed like there were some issues on the sideline uh, after he did play in terms of just communication with him and Mike Norvell. So we'll have to see how that, all that plays out. We'll have plenty more coverage. Uh, we'll have reaction stories, the players and coaches that talked after the game. And uh, I'll have a 3-2-1 tomorrow. 
Gene will have his PFF grades. Those should be oh, pretty good. Oh, man, I can't wait to see those. That'll be awesome. And then uh, on Monday, we'll have press conferences and uh, get more questions answered, hopefully. And I don't think, like, start to interrupt you. I know you're signing off. Yeah. we got to get out of here. It's getting late. But, uh, but like, it's not that the quarterback is the reason they lost the game. But when you look at the whole the, the totality of the offense, scoring 17 points isn't good enough. And for whatever reason, it's just not good enough. So you have to figure out, okay, was the Milton thing – a couple of nice drives in the heat of the moment against Notre Dame, or is he the real answer? And if he's the real answer, it has to look better than it did tonight because it was not good at all. And they can blame the penalties. Sure, I get it. The penalties were to blame. They were a lot. But, again, Jacksonville State had a lot of penalties too. And just because you're first and 15 doesn't mean you should just go ahead and punt. You know what I mean? But it feels like with this offense, at least tonight, if they get behind the chains at all, that's a wrap. And so – you didn't make a ton of plays in the passing game. He would throw a lot of outs and a lot of four, five, seven-yard passes. I don't think that's what we all thought Mackenzie Milton would bring to the offense. I thought it would be well, more through the air than that. You wouldn't let me finish. Now. I'm not going to let you finish. Okay, the one thing I want to point out about that is Pokey Wilson didn't play. He wasn't in uniform tonight. He's their one of their best wide receivers. Andrew Parchman, who came in from Kansas, was supposed to be that big play threat. They took one shot for him downfield. Uh, it wasn't close, to, really all that close to connecting. They didn't uh, come up with it. Uh, but that receiver group, isn't I mean it's just it is what it is. It's not a very good receiver group. It's not very deep or dynamic, especially if Pokey Wilson doesn't play. And now, you know, so then that, but doesn't so, that add to the calculus of okay, if we can't make it yeah. through the air with our with our guy that can really throw, do we need to change what we're doing and just yeah. become an eighty percent run team with the dude that we used last year? I mean, I think all that's on the table now. It better yeah. be. Everything needs to be on the table. I know it's uh, not on the table. Us talking anymore. Mm, we're out. We're signing out from Doe Campbell Stadium. Ira and Corey. And uh, we'll catch you next time.